Hello and welcome to the Soul Seeking Love podcast. My name is Alicia, but you can call me Leash. Join me each week as I go on a journey to answer life's biggest questions and probably ask a few more along the way. Thanks so much for joining. All right, everybody, we made it. The last week of 2020 is upon us and it's kind of bittersweet. <laughs> I um, I know a lot of people are going to go into 2021 thinking this is it. Everything's going to change. Like it's going to be totally different. And, you know, when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, 2020, absolutely nothing is going to change. So I just want to be the bearer of bad news and put that out there for everybody first and foremost. Absolutely nothing is going to change unless you personally make a change. And this is the time of year, especially since I've been home for over two weeks now due to COVID-19, which has been extremely miserable, but also very enlightening for me. So I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned, but I wish it didn't have to be so difficult to learn them. I wish somebody could just like send me a spiritual email of like, hey, this is what you should know. This is what you should be learning right now. And this is what you need to work on instead of forcing me to be homesick and quarantine and not have any human contact for weeks and feel like crap every day and have to sit with the physical feelings and the emotional feelings and all the other crap that it dredged up for me. So in thinking that, I've been, of course, reflecting on my year, thinking, wow, the craziest year of all time is finally over. And to be honest, apart from getting sick and missing out on some major life events this year, um, I have to say 2020 was not the worst for me at all. It definitely wasn't the best, but I've had way worse years than 2020. This was kind of like just a do-nothing year for me. It was more of an introspective year. But I suppose a lot of people who have had very easy or, I guess, not so much trauma in their lives, which is something I can't really comprehend. But if somebody who hasn't had a lot of trauma and hasn't had to deal with a lot of persecution or um, difficulty, hardship, just trauma in general, this year probably would have been absolutely earth shattering. And for me, it was kind of more like, all right, you've you've been in worse situations. So let's look at what this is trying to teach you and just kind of clean up, you know, tidy up a little bit more, uh, tie up some loose ends and really buckle down and try and figure out what you're missing. And wow, this past week really did that for me. And as I'm reflecting on what I've been doing the past year and how I want to set my resolutions for 2021, I thought, screw resolutions. Like, why do we even make resolutions? What is the difference between December 31st and January 1st? Other than the calendar flips over, it really is absolutely no different. It's just that we feel like we have this clean slate, but we wake up every day with a clean slate. Like this idea of predicting the future and trying to, you know, resolve to do different things. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous that we think January 1st, all of a sudden we're going to change. We could have changed December 31st. We could have changed October 1st. We could have changed June 1st. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be the first. It doesn't have to be a Monday. It doesn't have to be any special day. We just have to wake up and make a decision. That's literally 
all resolutions are, is just changing the way that we do things. And if we want to change, we can at any point in time. We don't need it to be a special day on the calendar to do that. So in reflecting on 2020, I thought, like, (laughs) wow, I accomplished zero of the goals that I set out for myself. I remember thinking in the beginning of the year, I was sitting with a couple friends who are, I'm pretty sure both still single, and we were single at the beginning of the year, saying how this is it, this is going to be our year, we're going to get boyfriends, we're going to find our partner. A couple of us were hoping that we would even like meet the person that we would want to have a family with and have kids with. And I think one of my friends even said like, this is going to be the year that I'm going to have a family or have a kid. And none of us did that. Like (laughs) none of us. And every year I I create a word, which is like the theme of the year and what I really want to tap into. In 2020, my word was connection, which I now find so laughable. I mean, it's hilarious. In, in retrospect, it all makes sense. Like all the words that I said each year, I've been doing this since 2018, I think, like really consistently. I've always done New Year's resolutions my whole life. I don't know why, but I always have. Um, but I think it was 2017 or 18. Yeah, I want to say 18 that I decided theming each year. So I always had something that I could re um, connect to and remind myself of what I really wanted to accomplish even if I didn't check off the boxes specifically of every resolution I listed, which normally is a lot for me. Um, I think 2018 was my year of self-love, which was probably the first year that I decided to put myself first and stop caring about what other people thought of me. It also was the year, the first year I became single, and I have been ever since. I mean, consistently at least. I've dated, but I haven't been... um, in a serious relationship since 2018. That's when we broke up. And that whole year, I really focused on putting myself first. I went through a major transformation with this life-changing retreat that I went on. And my whole life just completely turned upside down. Again, it it seems to happen a lot for me that my life turns upside down. (laughs) I go 180 degrees very, very frequently. So yeah, so that was my word for 2018. 2019 was discovery. And like trying to figure out my authentic voice, which I finally believe that I did find. And then 2020 was connection. And it felt like they all played up into each other. Like first I had to learn how to love myself, which was a foreign concept for me. Then I had to learn to discover who I really was. Now that I love myself, who am I really? What do I want? And then connection I thought was going to be connection to somebody new. And just connection in general, like making better friendships, um, finding a partner. And what I actually got was a better connection to my true self. So it all kind of like multiplied on each other. And I didn't intend it that way, but it's just kind of how it worked out. Um, Discovery last year was originally not supposed to be about authenticity, but about just trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And it turned out I didn't need to figure that out. (laughs) I just needed to feel that I was being true. And it doesn't matter that I don't have a 30-year career or a retirement plan, or any of that nonsense, like, that's great if you have that, but I don't, and I realized that wasn't something that I actually needed to feel successful, I just needed to feel that every day, whatever job I did, I felt authentic in, and that I could be myself, and that seems to be the only resonating thing for me, like, when I was teaching yoga, I felt like I was Alicia, 
working this new job that I now have, I feel like I can truly be myself. I feel like I don't have to hide who I am. Like that's, that's what I was looking for when I was finding a job. And I finally found something this year. It took me a little while. Um, but I found something that I could really feel, um, authentic in. And the, the word connection, you know, I did, I did make a couple of deeper friendships this year. I feel like I got closer to a few people that I wasn't very close with. And interestingly enough, I also lost a lot of people that I thought were extremely important and I was super close to that I realized didn't align with me and my future or at least my present moment right now because I don't really know what the future holds. I mean, I'm open to any people in my life leaving and going at any time. I mean, I'm at this point now where if you want to go, you can go. If you want to stay, stay. But I'm not forcing anyone either way and I'm certainly not going to chase anybody anymore. Um, but it just seems like everybody who is around me is, it's just the connection has changed. And I think it's changed because I've changed because I finally am confident in my connection to myself. And quite frankly, it took all the way up to this very last week of the year for me to get there. Um, spending Christmas and the holidays alone. I, I was home. I was alone on Thanksgiving, alone on Christmas Eve, which was I mean, to go from normally a 40-person party every Christmas Eve my entire life to being home alone was a, was a drastic change for me, and I was very worried about it. But, you know, with the whole situation with the pandemic, it was canceled anyway. I was sick, so I couldn't fly home. And Christmas I spent on FaceTime, which, no, it's not the same, but I made it feel cozy for me. You know, I felt confident and good in where I was, like, I still open presents the same way. We did our like secret Santa round robin that we, we've been doing for the past few years. I was able to see everybody's gifts. I was able to see all the little fun moments. I had some comforting food sent to me. I had a neighbor drop something off and, you know, I cultivated the same feeling, which was what was important to me this year, that feeling connected. And even though I wasn't physically connected with anyone, I felt energetically, emotionally connected and that made a huge, huge difference for me. So that actually is a perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about today, which is resolutions. So the feeling of the resolution is what I'm going to focus on for 2021. And I encourage you all, of course, to do the same. This is really the big question that I'm asking this week. Like, why do we make them so strict? Why do we open up the calendar to January 1st? We get a new planner for the year or whatever you want to do, whatever ritual you have, if you do or don't, or if you just think in your mind, these are my goals. We all say something so specific, like go to the gym every day, lose 15 pounds, um, get a boyfriend, get a new job, um, make X amount more money. We make it so specific because we've been taught that we need to visualize exactly what we want to happen or else it won't. You know, we're going to get lazy and it won't happen. But I encourage you to do the exact opposite because what I learned from 2020 was that I had a list of 20 things. I did 20 for 20 things that I wanted to accomplish, like pay off this credit card, lose this much weight by this time, uh, have this many uh, planned excursions for blah, 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 because I love to travel. I had all these bulleted ideas and absolutely none of them came true. Maybe a couple of them did just by chance. Some things I put on there because I knew I was going to do it. So I put it on there specifically to cross it off, which I talked about a couple weeks ago on my podcast how we make these bullshit to-do lists just so we feel better about ourselves and it doesn't even mean anything. 
but I didn't accomplish anything on my list, yet I accomplished so much. I accomplished moving across the country during a pandemic. I mean, I sat in my apartment for two months in New Jersey, miserable, and then I got up and moved across the country completely by myself all the way to Arizona. I set up a whole new life here. I mean, I, I managed to meet people and find friends that I really deeply connect with, which was my theme of the year, that live here. Um, I managed to find a new job. I managed to find, you know, this new podcast that I had been dreaming of doing for such a long time. I feel like major things in my life that I accomplished, but none of these were on my list. I didn't have start a new podcast on my list. I didn't have make some really genuine friends on my list. But of course, these are things that I always want, right? And the biggest thing of all was that I feel this deeper sense of connection to self, to myself, or capital S self, where we feel like we're connected to our higher version of us, like our spiritual, I guess you could say soul or consciousness. And I really do feel like I have that connection. And had I not been working on that connection, had I not been forced to be alone so much this year, physically, literally alone, not that I don't have people in my life who support me because I do, but physically to have to be alone a lot and especially on major holidays, I cultivated that genuine connection to myself and then all these other things sprang from it. So if I didn't feel that... um, I was living as my truest version of Alicia, I would never have moved to Arizona because I wouldn't have seen the purpose of it. And I know that this this new scenery for me and this new um, opportunity and, and like landscape for me is what I really love. I mean, I just enjoy it here. And I'm not really 100% quite sure what the purpose is, but I know that it's the right decision. Like I don't wake up every day in agony and regret that, I'm far away from my family because I still feel close to my family, if that makes sense. Like I'm not waking up saying, oh my God, I wish I didn't move to Arizona because then I would have been home for Christmas. Like to me, that doesn't matter. I'll go home when I go home. I'll see them when I see them. And the day on the calendar is irrelevant to me. And that's a major thing that I just learned the past few weeks. Like when I do go home, because I will eventually again, I will go home. Um, it'll be so memorable and perfect just because I'll have this renewed sense of gratitude for the ability to be physically present with somebody, to be able to hug everybody again. will just be this deeper feeling of gratitude because it's been so long. And quite truthfully, I could have gotten sick in New Jersey and been stuck by myself anyway. Like it really doesn't matter what geographic location I'm in. I was sick. That's the reason why I couldn't go anywhere. I could have easily gone to a friend's house in Arizona, but again, I was sick. So I did the safe thing and I stayed home. So apart from that, yeah, I think that we need to reframe this idea of goals and we need to reframe this idea of like specifics for resolutions. Um, The weight on the scale, like who cares if you lose 15 pounds? If your goal is to feel healthy, then write feel healthy. And maybe, yeah, part of that is losing weight and maybe there is an idea of how much you want to lose but what if you lose 11 pounds and you look and feel amazing and you know so what you didn't hit your goal of 15 you're going to say that that was a loss like you failed did you not meet your resolution because you lost 11 pounds instead of 15 like who cares who cares 
If the goal is to be able to move freely in your body and feel healthy and live an active lifestyle, then let that be your resolution, not 10 or 15 pounds. That's just your ego. That's just, that's just skin deep. Like it's, it's not, it's superficial. It's superficial stuff. Like your the 15 pounds on your body does not equate to you feeling healthier or living a healthier, more active lifestyle. Maybe going on a hike more often is part of your resolutions. Maybe going to the gym more often. But even setting an example like going to the gym every day is setting you up for failure because you know that's not possible. You're going to have sick days. You're going to have days when you're tired. You're going to have days where you have to stay late at work and you don't have time for the gym. I mean, that's not a failure. That's just reprioritizing. And if you go to the gym five days instead of seven days a week, you're still living a healthy lifestyle. It's all about balance, right? So reframing the idea of goals and... You know, another one that is a huge one, especially for me, I remember thinking like, I'm going to have a boyfriend by the end of 2020. And that's just so stupid because I can't control that. If I could have controlled it, I would have been married with kids already, right? (laughs) If we could control the outcome like that, like we all, we all think when we're 18 that, you know, by the time we're 30, we're going to have the house and the kids and everything. And then you hit 30 and realize that that's absolute utter bullshit. And for me specifically, even if I did get married in my 20s, I'd be divorced. 100% I'd be divorced right now. There's not a single man that I dated that I could actually still see myself with. I have changed as a person so much. And it, I mean, maybe they, maybe we'd find a way to make it work. And I know a lot of couples who are together for a long time do this. But like, I'm just radically different than the person I, I used to be in my 20s. And I just can't imagine having anything in common with those men anymore. Like I... I don't know. So for me, I'm, I'm super grateful, like that I have this opportunity to start from where I am now, as opposed to rebuilding a connection that I've had for a long time. Um, cause it would be much more difficult for me to do that. And the idea of just wanting to have a relationship because I'm lonely, is not the right attitude. The goal that I should have and the, the goal that I now have that I've reframed for 2021 is opening up the idea, the possibility of a partner. Because yes, I am alone, but no, I am not lonely. I have friends. I have family. I don't have them all with me, you know, physically in this specific moment, but they're always there for me and I have this deep connection to them. And that is what is important to me, not just having friends to have them or not just having a boyfriend to say that I'm not alone. You know, I want a real true partner and you can't just find that. Like you have to cultivate it and work together and grow. And it's, it's not just going to be the next guy that I meet off the street. I mean, maybe, maybe it will, but I have to be ready for that. And the only way to be ready for that is to prepare yourself for what you want your life to look like. So you have to feel like you're okay. Like I said last week about being alone. It's 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 this weird mind game, but it's almost like I don't need anybody because that that neediness attracts the wrong person, but just the idea of like, yes, okay, if I find somebody who aligns with my goals, my perspective of life, um and my ability to have fun, I mean, the way we interact with each other, like this, you know, the spark, the connection. If I find that person, then great. That 
that will be a decision for the day that I meet them. But I'm opening up myself up for the possibility of meeting someone and I am not just going to say, get a boyfriend so I can cross it off my resolutions. And I'm not gonna say go on a date once a week and I'm not going to say date 10 guys a month. I am just going to say opening up myself up to the possibility of meeting a man and that's that. Because it can happen in a multitude of ways and if I limit myself to this certain belief, I'm, I'm losing focus on what's true. And the truth is, I just want to meet more people. I just want to find a person that I could potentially create a container of a new relationship with. But anyway, I'm rambling on about like weight and relationships because I feel like those are two of the big goals. Like a lot of people say, work on my marriage or, you know, get engaged or get married or find a partner or lose 20 pounds. Like these are all super common resolutions. And I just don't think that they're set up properly. I'm especially after this year, like have we learned nothing from 2020? We cannot focus on the specifics. We have to remember that life is the big picture. Every day can be a hundred million different possibilities. We wake up in the morning and we can have a perfectly planned out day laid out and maybe it happens exactly according to plan, but nine times out of 10, it doesn't. And maybe it's just a tiny little nuance that changes, but those nuances, those changes, those possibilities, that infinite options of whatever happens, that's what makes it so beautiful. Because we can't, if we could predict it all, it would be so boring. Why would we get up every day? If we knew exactly what would happen, we'd probably run the other way. So, you know, I think this idea, like I said before, if we set a resolution of losing 15 pounds and then we only lose 11, either we kill ourselves to lose the last four or we settle for the 11 and then feel shitty about it. Same thing with dating. We go on 10 dates a month and what? So we don't like any of those people that we go on a date with? We're a failure? That's a stupid way to frame. What if we go on one date and find the right person? What if we go on 20 dates and don't find the right person? Or the 21st date is when we find the right person. So we're a failure if we do or don't hit a certain number. I mean, these are just the things that we need to totally reframe. And settling is the worst feeling ever. So when we write out something specific and it doesn't work out that way, we either go crazy to force it or try to force it to turn out a certain way because we can't really control how things happen or we feel we failed. And I, I'm refusing to look at the idea of 2020 as a failure. You know, I refuse to look at it as the year that I want to forget because most of this year was not miserable. There were many points of time that were scary, that were hard, that were lonely, and that were absolutely just fucking insane, for lack of a better words. I mean, 2020 was a total mindfuck. It was not at all what we expected it to be. Not a single person expected 2020 to turn out the way that it did. Because if we knew... <laughs> Yeah, we probably would have had vaccines and better preparations for this pandemic if we knew this was how it was going to be. Um, so, of course, it didn't turn out the way that we had hoped. And nobody wanted this to happen. And that is what is most important to remember out of this year. Nobody looks back at this pandemic and thinks, oh, this was the best. No, it was crazy. It was shitty. 
People got sick. People died. It was awful. Nobody wanted that to happen. But can we find the lessons and at least extract that from all of the drama and the nonsense? If we take away the drama and if we take away the crazy and the, you know, fear, can we look at what the major life life lessons are? And for some people, this was a year of loss and grief and sadness. And although I don't wish those lessons on anyone, fact of life is we all have them. My years of grief and loss and trauma, you know, were not 2020 specifically. I did experience that at some points of time in this year. But my big years of grief and loss and trauma were 2007 and, you know, 2016 and a lot of years in between them, but, you know, those years will always be stuck in my mind as my hardest grief lessons. It just so happens that the majority of people across the world, the collective, experience the most grief in 2020. But let's not get it twisted. Grief happens every fucking year to people all the time, everywhere. Death, sickness, you know, loss of income, Whatever other types of grief that was experienced in abundance yet this year is experienced every single year. You, nobody gets out alive from that. Nobody gets to run away from those types of lessons. These are all lessons that we will have to learn. Just like all of us in our lives will experience love, abundance, wealth, health, happiness. It might not be as much as somebody else, just like your grief might not be as much as somebody else, but we all experience both sides of the spectrum. It just feels like, for most of us, 2020 was a big year of grief and loss. I don't really consider myself lucky for feeling that I didn't have that this year. I just feel like I had to experience this many, many years ago, so this was not an unnatural feeling for me because I've been through deep, dark depression depression periods of grief and sadness and loss and trauma. So I feel like this was not as difficult as all those other times. Um, but for anyone that did have that this year for the first time, I my heart goes out to you. And, you know, one thing I will say is that perhaps it might be nice to not feel like the only one. Because I remember feeling super alone, even more so than I did this year when I first experienced real trauma in my life. And I remember feeling like nobody else knows what this feels like. Nobody else has ever experienced pain this much. And I think the one comforting thing that we could all say from 2020 is that we did it together. We went through it together. And some of us might argue that there are some people doing more for others than the rest of us and, you know, whatever. But the truth is, we were all dragged through this. Whether we wore masks or didn't, whether we cooperated or we didn't, um, we went through this together. Only you can decide if you feel that you were true to yourself and did the right thing. But I think feeling that grief as a whole was super scary, but also kind of comforting, knowing that even if you are alone, you're never really alone. And that was a major lesson for me. And that's not something that I have ever really gotten before. I've never felt so secure in that feeling of not ever really being alone. This was the first year I felt it. And this was the first, this 2020 was probably 
the first calendar year that I have spent the most days alone without ever seeing another human being. Because that's rare in this life. Especially when you live in a, a big city like I have always lived near New York and now Phoenix. I mean, you're always seeing people. So to have spent the most collective days without seeing another human being and to not feel like I'm alone is major. And I hope this message goes out to some other people that maybe didn't realize that that's the gift that they got from 2020, but perhaps you were able to find that solace and you were able to find that connection to yourself. And I really hope that this helps everybody reframe their idea of resolutions. It's not about how many pounds you lose. It's not about how many dates you go on. It's not about how much money you make or how many job interviews you go on. It's about aligning yourself to feel that you're in the right place at the right time. And the only way you could do that is to be present. You can't sit around and just be anxious and make all these plans about your future if you're not doing anything in the present moment. So think about how you can have a more open-ended view of your resolutions and how you can align more to that feeling of connecting with what is true, what you want to resolve, how you want to change and what you want to be. And I wish us all a much, much more peaceful, joyful, easy 2021. Have a happy new year. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you did, of course, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. And of course, I'll see you again next week. Thanks so much and take care.